Good morning. My name is Jim Doyle. I'm a pastor over community groups in the Connections Ministries. Uh, we're going to look at Ezra chapter 9 today for the Daily Hope. Uh, but first, let me ask you a question. Have you ever really mourned or cried over a particular sin in your life or, or a sin of, of someone else that you care deeply for? Well, think about that for a moment as we delve into looking at Israel or and Ezra in particular. In chapter 9, we pick up with Ezra, who was a scribe and a priest. And this is just four months after he returned from the Babylonian exile with a remnant. Let me read verses 1 and 2. After these things had been done, the leaders came to me and said, The people of Israel, including the priests and the Levites, have not kept themselves separate from the neighboring peoples with the detestable practices. They have taken some of their daughters and wives for themselves and their sons and have mingled the holy race with the peoples around them. And the leaders and officials have led the way with this unfaithfulness. Now just listen to how upset Israel, or excuse me, Ezra was and how much he mourned over the sin that he learned about in the camp. When I heard this, I tore my tunic and cloak and pulled the hair from my head and beard and sat down appalled. Then at the evening sacrifice, I rose from my self-abasement with my tunic and my, my cloak torn and fell on my knees with my hands spread out to the Lord and prayed. I am too ashamed and disgraced, my God, to lift up my face to you because our, sin, our, our sins are higher than our heads and our guilt has reached to the heavens. Wow, that's pretty heavy. Why are these God followers, including Ezra, so upset about their fellow countrymen getting their sons and daughters married off to others from pagan cultures? Christians marry non-Christians all the time. What's the real harm in it? Don't, what, since they may really love each other, what's the big deal? Well, the big deal is that you remember in this passage and from Exodus 34 and Deuteronomy 7 that God, God declares it to be sin in his word. That's it. Let me read verses 10 through 12. But now, our God, what can we say after this? For we have forsaken the commands you gave through your servants, the prophets, when you said, Do not give your, your daughters in marriage to their sons and take their daughters for your sons. Do not seek a treaty of friendship with them at any time, that you may be strong and eat good things of the land and leave it to your children as an everlasting inheritance. You see, God knew how tempting moral corruption is because of differing values. Deuteronomy 7.4 says, For they will turn your sons away from following me to serve other gods. In other words, God knows how easy it is to become indistinguishable from the world in our thinking and the way we live. God is not saying don't be salt and light in the world. Yes, of course we need to be salt and light, but we need to be in the world, but not be uh, uh, or to, to be unstained by the world so that your message and witness remains the same. Listen to other strong language on this. James 4, 4 says, Do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or how about John 2, 15, which says, Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anybody loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Wow. So how did Ezra face this sin, even though he himself did not commit this particular sin? 
Number one, Ezra recognizes sin from Scripture. He knew it was wrong because God said so in his word. He did not base his reaction to this sin on his feelings or, or, or just his conscience, humanly speaking. He based it on the fact of Scripture. Number two, as I said, Ezra mourned over the sin. Um, Edwin Yamauchi observed, rare, I quote, rare is the soul who is so shocked at disobedience that he is appalled. Hmm. Just think about that. R.W. Dale said, It is partly because sin does not provoke our own wrath that we do not believe that sin provokes the wrath of God. So maybe this is why we lack joy at times. Hmm. We tend to want joy apart from the conviction of sin. Number three is, knowing the truth of God's word, Ezra confessed his countrymen's sin without justifying, leaning on the mercy of God. Let me read verses 13 to 15. What has happened to us is a result of our evil deeds and our great guilt, and yet our God, you have punished us less than our sins deserve, and have given us a remnant like this. Shall we then break your commands again and intermarry with peoples who commit such detestable practices? Would you not be angry enough with us to destroy us, leaving us no remnant or survivor? Lord, the God of Israel, you are righteous. We are left this day as a remnant. Here we are before you in our guilt, though because of it, not one of us can stand in your presence. I love this. There's not even a hint of complaining on Ezra's part that God had somehow been unfair. Rather than skating around God's judgment, Ezra acknowledged that God would be justified to inflict even more punishment than he had. He recognized that Israel was drowning in sin, verse 6. So Ezra approached the throne room of God at the time of, of the evening offering, if you recall, verse 5, at a time in which God made a way to reconcile people to him through the shedding blood of of. Uh, of a, of a blood sacrifice. As a follower of Jesus, you once came face to face with God at one time, confessing your sin to Jesus, to him through the shed blood of the final and perfect sacrifice, Jesus Christ. Let's continue to practice the presence of Jesus in our lives, in part by keeping a short leash on our sin and be mindful of how serious God takes our sin so that you and I can mourn over our sin and confess it as much as needed. Amen. God bless you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, this is a heavy uh, passage, and we realize that we fall short of your glory all the time. And Lord, we need you, so we confess our sin to you. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Heal our, our brokenness, Lord Jesus. Cause us to have intimacy, right relationship with you, Lord Jesus. We thank you and we praise you in your name. Amen. Go in God's grace and have a great day.